What is up out there, listeners? Well, I don't, that sounded weird. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Unfounded Podcast. Like, that was just a weird way to enter. What is up out there, listeners? Whatever. Um, <laughs> hope you're doing well. Uh, welcome back to another episode. Uh, it is currently, what is it, Monday morning here, uh, about nine in the morning here in Las Vegas. And I am back at it, man. I'm getting back on my old schedule here. And it's, it's kind of, it's refreshing. It's nice. You know, I, uh, I had this whole like lineup for the day when I was in Colorado, you know, and I'd, I'd wake up in the morning and do my stretching and take a shower and take my pills and take Dixie for a walk and then hit a, maybe do a podcast or go driving and come back to the gym midday. Like it was this whole, you know, perfect little schedule where I got a little bit of everything in every day. And, uh, I, I lost, I lost track of that when I got out here because I started this whole new job and stuff. Right. And so it, it, you know, demanded so much time and energy initially that I was like, Oh crap, I don't think I'm gonna be able to do a lot of the things I was doing, like the gym and stuff. And, and honestly, like over time, excuse me, I've been drinking one of these, uh, these rains this morning. Uh, but, uh, slowly, but surely, uh, as I, you know, got about a month in, um, I noticed that I was, I was being drained, man. Like if I looked at myself in the mirror, I could actually see it. You know, I wasn't sleeping very well. I was burning the candle at both ends, really doing only and utterly that. And, uh, for any of you out there that are kind of very highly driven individuals or highly focused individuals, when you get kind of focused on one thing, it's very easy to let yourself, uh, kind of go and drain yourself completely of energy when you're, when you're trying to especially when you have like a goal in mind, a very specific goal that you're trying to trying to get to, right? And that's kind of what I had going on here too initially uh, with this job. It's something new I wanted to put all my effort into and see what was going to happen. But as I did, I started to realize that not that it wasn't a good fit, but it was a, it was a very specific fit for certain times in my life, that it wasn't uh, necessarily a job that I was going to want to do full time like that because of the things I just outlined, because it was going to, it was draining me in a way that was unhealthy, unbalanced. Uh, and the way that I prioritized myself for the last year has been to prioritize the things that make me happy and keep me uh, fulfilled. And when I started doing that in my life, my life got exponentially better. So I'm now at a place in my life where uh, when I'm when I come across the same kind of decisions that I've uh, had to make before, whether it's like to sacrifice my own happiness or my own kind of balance or self-worth for that of somebody else's dream or somebody else's uh, company or whatever the hell it is, um, I'm going to choose myself now. And uh, that's what I'm doing with this. And I, I hope that that works out properly. You know what I mean? I hope it works out for the best. But um, it's also kind of a faith-based thing. I think there's like a little bit of this idea of investing in yourself, right? If you want to talk about it in more of capitalist terms. Um you know, these self-help gurus out there, all of these guys, a lot of things, things you'll hear from these kind of people is, is, you know, invest your time and energy in yourself. And I think this is a really good concept or principle. Um, yeah, invest time and energy in yourself. If you think about how much time and energy you put into the job you do every day, how much, and really more in terms of energy. I like the way uh, Joe Rogan talks about it in terms of bandwidth, that your brain and your mind only has a certain amount of bandwidth. It only has a, a finite, a fixed amount of space, you know, information it can take in. And you devote, you know, your day is basically a, a breakdown of how much information, how much of that bandwidth you want to devote to what. And what most people, we, we don't set up that, that situation properly or we don't let, people don't, we're not taught that in school. We're not taught that you have to prioritize things. Not just things that people tell you you need to prioritize, but also things that are important to you individually. And for some reason, the society has gotten that backwards and, and, and kind of labeled the things that aren't um, generally scalable to the masses as unnecessary. Uh, things that aren't like, like uh, um, financially viable, things like art and things like that, right? Anyway, uh, we're kind of getting deep into it already. <laughs> I guess we're diving right off the deep end. 
Um, but yeah, I think it's important to invest in yourself. I think it's a, it's, a, it's a really important idea because if you think about how much time and energy you give to other people, if you were to take even an ounce of that and put it into yourself, your life just blossoms. It's actually something that I was talking to my, uh, my dad about recently because my dad recently retired and big congratulations to him because he worked his ass off his whole life. Uh, so he's finally getting to that point in, in, in his life where, you know, he can kind of kick it a little bit and, and enjoy um, the fruits of his labor, right? And But one of the things that I think uh, he's discovered as he's gone uh, started down this retirement journey, you know, this, this uh, the golden years, I guess you could call them, uh, is that there's a lot of shit to do still. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, you have this, you, you work your whole life and you, you know, you, you develop energy and time to your, your career and, and building that and ma- building a solid future for your family and all these things. And you kind of build up this idea in your head that once that's done and there's going to be this time where, you know, it's just rest or something. And, um, as soon, and I, I realized this, like, I guess I think I realized this uh, when I quit Amazon because I was kind of forced to figure out something to focus on. And it made me realize how many things I had to do. And I think when you stop, when you stop working, you stop devoting energy to other things and other people in other places, what you realize is there's a whole list of shit that you want to do, that you need to do, or that you've been ignoring for a very long time, or sometimes not that long time. But like in that case, if you're at a retirement age, yeah, there's probably a lot of things that you haven't done you want to take care of and a lot of times it's just practical shit like around the house and things like that but they're gonna also th- i think there can be there can be things you want to work on internally as well you know what i mean um and I, that's the part that our society misses too is that there's this internal work that has to go on there's this kind of lifelong search for uh, meaning and purpose that we each have to kind of go down and venture our uh venture on that pa- on that journey alone you know and uh, it's not that you can't, you know, you, you can't find a partner in, in this life, but it's it's that there's a certain amount of your identity that is, is specifically and individually you and, and, and something that other people can't understand at a certain level because it's, it's the perspective is different, right? It's what makes you unique. And it's almost something that you do. It's weird. It's like, it's like there's something very unique about you and you want to, you want to cherish that. You want to nurture that um, because nobody else will be able to nurture it or cherish it properly. It's also an idea you start to realize when you start to create anything uh, that you value. That's kind of, let's say, like artistic, anything anything you start to create artistically. Like this is a good example. The podcast is, I consider this an artistic expression of myself, right? Um, when you do that, uh, you're, you'll find that when you start any project like that, you're going to be extremely excited about it. Right, you're gonna have all this energy and be like, look at what I made, look what I created, and you'll be really proud of that. Uh, one of the first things you'll find, though, is other people don't share that excitement. Uh, very few people, actually, nobody really does. Initially, when you when you start something, uh, you show somebody something, you expect people to be like, "Wow, that's good," or "Wow, that's amazing." That's not how it works out. It's usually kind of like a, "Oh, cool," you know what I mean? There's like this uneasiness that people approach any kind of project that you would do like that, or it's like. It's like they don't want to encourage you to think that it's something that could actually be valuable. It's like, it's something like that. It's like everybody wants to like encourage pe- other people around them to to express themselves, but when they actually do it, we're like, it's like a reminder that we haven't done it ourselves. So everybody has like like weird uh, way of reacting to it. You know what I mean? I don't know. I'm getting I'm getting a little bit in the weeds, and I think maybe a little bit off of the topic I was going to talk about today, um, which is actually going to be perseverance. Uh, and I'm going to just go ahead and, and, uh, 
segue right there to perseverance because I think I'm just kind of talking here or venting a little bit, guys. I want to make it more purpose-driven for you. So um, let's go to per- uh, perseverance. I want to get a definition uh, of this. Perseverance. Perseverance. The point of that whole intro is I'm prioritizing this and it feels good. And I hope you do the same with whatever's important to you in your life. So perseverance, this is a definition right from Google, persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. Um, I want to go to my Wikipedia. Where's my Wikipedia? Because I'm, I'm like a big fan of Wikipedia. I, I find those little rabbit holes all the time. You know, that was so interesting the last couple episodes I found. hope you found that as well. Um, perseverance on Wikipedia, what is it defined as? Um, oh, it's uh, derived from... Anyway, that's not going to help. There's this idea that we like to latch on to in modern day. Sorry for the delay there, guys. Um, But I guess I'm not going to find much right now, at least. So let's just talk. There's this idea in uh, the modern world, I think... It's, 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 it's something that's very, very palpable with my generation. And I think the younger generations, it's not as easy to identify in the older generations, but it does exist, uh, is this idea of, um, everybody, it's this perversion of the idea that everybody is special, I guess is what I'm trying to get to now. You know, we, we, I think we've cultivated this idea that, 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 that uh, that you have this unique quality and character to you, you know, there's something that makes you different than everybody else, and that uh, that you, in, in some ways, it is important that you identify that uh, and kind of outline it for other people and, and kind of birth it into the world. You know, create something of new and novel value. Um, we need you to do that, each of you individually, right? Um, but the perversion of that idea is kind of this: you're important intrinsically right i think this is an idea that was kind of pushed starting maybe with my generation like i said maybe a little bit earlier but this idea and and i don't want to make it too political because if i start talking about like like participation trophies and things like that it's like a signal for everybody like it's like a dog whistle for everybody to just fucking get at it you know what i mean like everybody get to the political sides and start you know spewing whatever talking points you've been told right it's like no like there's a there is a certain aspect to um to you that makes you individual, but it also requires and demands that you be the thing that goes from A to B, like we talked about in last episode, the thing that maps or charts the course to get there. You have to outline how to define or, or you have to out, you have to figure out how to enunciate what makes you different. That is the hardest problem you will come across in your life is how to figure out how to tell people what makes you different and valuable and how to birth that into the world, how to make it something that actually pushes not only your little section of the world forward, but the entire world in some small way, right? The problem, another problem we have is we like to work from an outward in perspective. We like to think like, okay, well, how do I fix the whole world? And then try to filter down from there and like come up with an idea to do that. It's like, no, it's the wrong way. You're going about it exactly the wrong the, the wrong way because it's too complicated that way. You can't figure out a problem that way. A, a problem the size is, and as big as the world is as complicated as the world is, Right. You can't have a simple problem if if it's a, if it's affects the entire world. I don't. I, I truly believe that it's something like a scale th- issue. 
as, as, as you scale anything out, it gets more complicated. You know what I mean? Even if there is like a basic, simple underlying structure that's just being replicated over and over again, the complicated nature of that system, I think, is, is too much for human beings uh, to to any one human being to solve themselves, right? But um, we constantly look from this outward in this external place to try to solve uh, the world's problems. And really what we need to be doing is the opposite, trying to fi- figure out how to solve ourselves because there's some true, like how to fix each of us individually. My, like, How do I fix myself? You know what I mean? So that, because there's something true about whatever about the equality of the human being, right? There is something that the founding fathers got very fundamentally right, that we are all born in the image of God. We are all equal in that sense. We're all souls. We're all eternal things riding around in these meat suits, if, 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 for lack of a better way of describing it, right? And, and so you... But what makes you different is your perspective, and you have an uh, you have an obligation and responsibility to enunciate that and plot the course to making that a reality in the world. Uh, and when you don't do that, it's not only like selling yourself short; it's actually the thing that degrades the whole system itself. It's what degrades the world. It's what allows people evil to propagate in it. Uh, and especially when you tell people, when you when you tell people from a young age that they don't need to do anything for that, that all they need to do is follow these steps. Look, we figured it out for you before you were born. This is what you need to do: go do this first, get really good letters or grades or whatever fucking symbol we've associated with good in this system, and then do this one, and then do this one, and then maybe uh, you know if you've been you know you have enough successful marks, you'll get into this one, and then you, you see what I'm saying? It's like this this way of setting up the whole world as if it's easy enough to to distill in steps and it's so not I think that was like the longest run on sentence in history (laughs) hold on let me take a breath real quick guys sorry (laughs) why is that message being propagated because it's easier there's nothing that tells us that the easy route isn't the good route What's good for me isn't good for everybody else. So a lot of people are choosing that at the same time. I think a lot of people have, cho- in small ways and in big ways, I think, you know, it's a, it's a habitual thing. You get, you get addicted to choosing comfort and the easy path in your life. And it'll slowly, and, and slowly degrade you and lead you away from that map, that purpose, that thing that you're supposed to solve, that, that, that ultimate question. Until you're something that's just like so kind of comfortable that you've integrated that you you don't see a way of even standing up anymore. You know, I don't want to, uh, I don't mean to bring this up, but I I think it's a good metaphor. I I feel kind of bad bringing it up in this context, but I think it's a a good kind of way of conceptualizing this would be if anybody that's ever watched the show's, uh, uh, I forget what the name of it is, but it's the really, really like like severely overweight, like morbidly obese uh, show. And there's a, there's a TV show that follows the lives of these people, you know, and, and kind of getting them through and how, how serious of an issue that can be, right? Um, life-threatening kind of problem when people get that overweight. And one thing that always struck me with that is, is that's kind of what happens with people in general, even if it's not a weight issue, you know, is people like they, the weight of themselves gets so utterly large. Like they keep on trying to bring things in that will not fulfill them to, to and hold on to them to make them... Uh, feel something similar to to their purpose or something like they've like they've found that purpose they know they need to f- search for but without doing the work for it right and so they they go and buy things and they and they use people and they 
they like uh, you know they'll, they'll they'll come up with schemes to kind of try to hide from the world as if they've already figured it out you know uh, and then actually get offended when anybody else tries to tell them that there's other ways to look at these part of the, the world itself there's this uh accumulation of that that identity that's that ego you know that the the accumulation of you trying to maintain that thing or trying to run away from what you really are and fill that void that you've created by running away with things that can't fill it that are physical in nature and and don't have an energetic kind of uh don't have any way to translate into the energetic realm like you 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 can't fill those kind of energetic voids with things that are physical and that's what we try to do you know, you see people do it through vice, right? They try to do it through uh, through, through, through nicotine or alcohol or, or weed or or any of the other drugs. They try to do it through sex. They try to do it through like physical things like houses and toys and fucking, you know, trucks and shit, whatever. You know what I mean? Like people will try to use anything, food, like we were just saying. But the, the reason I brought up that, that metaphor is that's what people are doing when they do that is the more things you accumulate, the more your ego grows, the more you become in a figurative sense the physical embodiment of that that person that I was talking about, that person that's literally overate themselves to death, that can't even move anymore. That's what you become in a figurative sense, in a spiritual sense. You can become weighed down by the things that you accumulate. It's an idea that you see in Eastern religion very strongly. It's one of the reasons why they tell it, like if you want to go, if you want to study to become enlightened in any kind of Eastern religion or philosophy, usually there's this like concept of giving up your earthly possessions or casting aside the things that weigh you down which are those things those physical things those things we've we've used as as vice to to hold ourselves up to prop up the ego that we've created but you don't need those things and that's one of the reasons why you have to cast that aside before you can ever come to a point where you realize you know what you are Um, because those things hide what you really are the the beauty that lies underneath you know what i mean um and One of the one of the weirdest ways you can do this is with people, man. And I think I've seen so many of my friends do this. I've done this myself, <laughs> um, where you just I, and I think it, it all all of this stems from this insecurity because we feel like we're not enough, you know, because we're trying to solve problems that are too big. We're trying to solve problems that we're not enough to solve. And so if we continue to try to solve those things, we're going to feel inadequate. But if we try to focus on ourselves and realize how how much capacity we have to control what we are and who we become, if we focus at the right level, uh, that inadequacy starts to go away. But the point I was getting at is, is the most insidious way you can you can kind of hide yourself or fill that void is with other people. This is one of the things that's being brought out by the coronavirus. You know, this isolation. One of the reasons people are losing their mind a little bit and feeling uncomfortable. And I think a lot of people, if I've noticed on Facebook and things, are starting to have somewhat of a spiritual awakening. And this is partially why. This is entirely why. It's because when everything quiets down and you can't use people to distract you, to fill that void, you know, to just talk at you and make you laugh and fucking drink with you or whatever the fuck it is you know and maybe it's have sex with you whatever it is you know what i mean using those other things to kind of make you feel satisfied and not realizing that you're completely and utterly adequate by yourself 
in that regard. You don't need those. <laughs> I, I see. Here's the thing. I, I know I've talked about this. Is like one of the needs is like food, water, and another perspective. You don't. It, it is true at like a basic level. You don't want to delete other perspectives or other people. You want other people. You need other people in a certain sense. But you don't want to ever confuse yourself as something that's so inadequate. You have to have other people. You're adequate enough, like to 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 do everything that you're supposed to do. I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, but there's an aspect of you that needs other people because those other people are the thing that shows you kind of it, it's part of it's part of the journey, right? Those other people are part of the the path of finding yourself, and so um, we often pervert that again and use those other people and as 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 ways of, of filling a void. And I've definitely done that in my life, and I think I've done that recently. And you know, I I, I uh, I think we get overwhelmed. At least I do. With like the gravity of the search for your meaning and your truth in your life. Like how hard of a search that is. How lonely of a search it is. Trying to figure out what you're supposed to do to be properly aligned in this world, you know, is something that's crushing and that search kind of overwhelms you slowly but surely over time and one of the things one of the concepts that i think you find in the eastern religion as well and western all religions really is that you already have the answers you seek you already know what you're supposed to be doing you don't have to search for it you know I just set up this argument earlier, right? Like we have to search for our truth and our meaning in our life. But I, when, it, when I when I set it up that way, it makes it seem like you have to, like it's an outward search. Like you have to go out into the world and search for it externally. It's like there's gonna be a sign that's like a big sign with like a, you know, an arrow pointing down. Like here's your destiny. Here's your destiny flashing. You know, a big billboard or something. No, no, no. It's like you already have it inside of you. Just you might have locked it away. Or ran away from it. You definitely did at some point. Like I said, you were born perfect. You were born knowing exactly everything you are. But then you hid it from yourself because some, in some way, the world told you that you were you're inadequate or that that whatever you know. It could have been something as simple as you know you, when you first realize what you want to be when you're growing up, you say it to somebody and they put it down. And so you learn, oh, that's not something that I should do. And this ego starts to build, and maybe maybe it's been so long ago now you can't even remember that freaking memory. You don't even remember what you did, but you just assumed that that's what you need to do now, and that that divergence has created something that you can't get away from. Like I said, you already have everything you know. You already know what you need to do. You you're born knowing it. You're born knowing what you need to be. So just do it. That's that's kind of that that idea. But it's not just that simple, right? It's not just do it. It's uh, it's like, okay, well, how do I figure that out? How do I get back to that? I guess then, well, you know, instead of searching for it externally, how do I get back to the knowing what I'm supposed to be? And it's like, well, I think you have to dig down through the bullshit that you've accumulated and piled on top of that thing. You know what I mean? That's what we call the ego. You have to dig through all the painful memories and painful processes and things that you've done to other people and people have done to you and all that shit. And you have to get that out of there before you'll ever get to a point where you realize that you're, you are adequate more than adequate. You're beautiful. You're beautiful in a very specific way. And there's so much purpose and behind you that you, 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 
It's impossible to explain it away as coincidence. But you have to find that purpose within yourself. It's divine. That's why it is divine. Nobody else can define it for you. Nobody else can assert that they know what you are, what your purpose is more than you can. You're the only one that has that map. Nobody else can take it away from you. You're the only one that can hide it from yourself. (laughs) You see the game we play with ourselves? You see how we blame other people for the game we play with ourselves? I'm going to tell you a story real quick. It's a very personal story, something I've been going through recently. And it's hard to talk about for me because, like I said, it's something that's not very, um, one, for lack of a better way to describe it, it's somewhat embarrassing. But I've also realized that's how I thought it was going to be, was embarrassing uh, experience. But recently I've gone through something that made me realize that, that I've been doing what I just said. I've been trying to use the idea of another person uh, to fulfill me in some way or make me think um, that's not really the best way to describe it focusing on another person as if they're going to be the thing that solves my issues that's the best way to put it and you know for to, you know, I'm going to leave everybody anonymous in this situation right but um, I had a situation for the last two or three years where I, I fell like head over heels in love with somebody. And I got caught in this weird, weird cycle with it. And it's caused all of these things, you know, all of these ideas, all of these it's like caused them to come out of me in a weird way. And I think the reason is because I'm trying to search for it actually. Cause this is, like I said, this is something I'm actively going through. Um, anyway, let me just tell you what happened recently. Well, I, I had for a long time had this, these feelings, you know, it's one of those things where I don't know if you ever had an experience where you kind of have a love at first sight situation, but I had this individual that I met a couple of years ago, two or three years ago, uh, when I was working for another company before I had started this kind of personal spiritual journey. And, uh, that kind of thing happened to me where I had this moment that I saw this person and I just fell absolutely head over and heels in love with her. And there was a point in time where that was reciprocated. Uh, and then there was a point in time where that, uh, kind of fell to the wayside because there was another individual that she was with, right? And so basically um, that came to a boiling point, uh, right? And, you know, I kind of called it, and I didn't really call it quits. I kind of asked the person, you know, hey, do you want to be with me or them? Basically, I gave them an ultimatum and uh, they chose them, right? And that choice, doing that, you know, is what sent me over the edge into a deep, dark spiral. Um, now, I don't. I want to make sure, because I don't know if the person that I'm talking about is going to be listening to this, and I want to make sure they understand that I do not blame them for any of the stuff I'm about to say. Um, that I was, this was my fault. This was this thing I was just saying, like I was just setting up. I had been running away from myself, from who I was. I was deeply insecure. Um... And because of that, I was trying to use somebody else as a solution to my problem. I was trying to get them, you know, I, I felt as if I could, if I could only get this person, 
you know, to, to see what I see in them, then in me, then I'd feel adequate. Then I'd feel like I'd, I'm, I'm enough. And, um, they chose the other person. Right. And so that crushed me like so utterly and wholeheartedly, like it sent me down a very, very, very dark spiral. Uh, and I kind of lashed out at everything at this time. I had no faith. I, you know, I had no, um, I felt like I had no purpose. I just left my job as well. So I had no money anymore. You know, uh, I had no friends really in that area um, because after that was my group of friends was associated with this person basically too. So when that disbanded, basically all of my friends disbanded as well. The only other person that I had around me at this time that was con- I considered my friend was actually in some ways trying to get between uh, this person I was in love with and, and me. And so I had a very, very negative situation going on where I felt like I was drowning and I didn't have anybody around me that, that gave two shits. And it led me to this point where I started to blame everything and everyone for it. The whole world, you know what I mean? It's like, what's, you know, this woe is me kind of mentality that I've tried to outline a little bit for you, you know, that I'm so helpless. Everybody just hurts me, all this kind of, this idea. The world needs to be, there needs to be retribution, right? There needs to be judgment, justice in some way, that the world, people shouldn't be able to hurt me in this way. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's this whole, like, inactive, passive, bullshit way of viewing the world. Uh, And it got so, it got to a point where I I felt the despair so much that, you know, it did bring me to a, a, uh, a place where I was so scared of myself and where my head was, um, that I was, I, I had, I did, I, I had, I hid, I, I threw away my gun safe key. I told my parents, and I hope if you're listening to this, mom, I hope this doesn't scare you. But I told them that I did it on accident. I didn't. I, I, I remember throwing away the key. I think it was something. I think it was somebody watching over me. But I threw away my gun safe key, and I'm probably two or three days after that, proceeded to have one of the biggest mental and emotional breakdowns I've ever had in my life. Um, where I was completely and utterly in that place, that dark place where you just want it all to end. I know that feeling. I've been there. Um, and it twisted me inside, you know, but one of the craziest things is like I told you before in another episode, I started to curse God himself. You know, the great, the universe or whatever deity, the biggest, whatever created this is what I was cursing. The idea of that imploring them to explain to me why they had made my life such a miserable, hot mess. You know, like why, why I was so inadequate, why, you know, nothing in my life would go work out right. That every feel like the whole world was against me and all this kind of stuff. Right. Cursing his name and like spitting on the idea of religion itself and virtue itself, really. And feeling the desire to tear this whole thing down, build inside of myself. And then realizing that I had a choice at that moment to either go full bore down that road and let the ugly thing that was rearing its head and taking me over, possessing me to take full control or to like choose the thorny path and have that day be the start 
of the rest of my life. And I chose to have that day be the start of the rest of my life. And what I found out of that and what started to grow every day after that day was this innate sense of, of knowing that I'm here for a purpose, what I've been talking about. And that the only thing I need to do is have faith in that idea that there's some reason that I am here and that I need to figure that out and that I need to find that map. I need to define it. And as soon as I started to search for that and work on myself and stop focusing on other people, trying to use other people to solve me, to fix me, everything else started to get better. But it's not simply like that. It took like a year, a year and a half of that kind of very intentional work before I ever got to a place here where I feel like I can actually talk about it. And it took just up to the other day, it took me finally realizing that I needed to convey this to that person. Because I had, I had for some reason, allowed that kind of obsession, in a way, to creep back in, right? This love that I had felt for a person, I had let, I, I had let it become perverted into like an obsessive thing that wanted to to be right in a way you know what I mean and uh, and it started to like eat me up and degrade me slowly and I really started to feel it once I moved again once I moved into Vegas because I I think it was you know as I started to become overstressed like I was talking at the beginning of this podcast as I started to lose you know my mooring you know that you know that that structure I had created for myself the thing that constantly kept me recharged and focused and this you know the, the podcast itself as I started to lose all those things I started to become more insecure I started to become more un, ungrounded I started to feel like I needed something there to hold me up another vice or a crutch and lo and behold this fantasy creeps back in right this idea that this other person this thing is going to be the thing that solves you because at some deep level one of my inadequacies is feeling deeply and utterly alone and lonely right and it's one of the things i struggle with one of the ways in which i suffer right um but it's my struggle it's nobody else's when you try to project that struggle or that that pain, that suffering that you feel into other people, what you do is you propagate it and spread it and create more of it. But what you can do is be truthful and honest with people about what's going on. That's partially what I'm trying to do with this right here, what what I'm doing, and also with with the message that I sent this person, right? Because I told them everything, all I could about what I knew, my experience, all I had uncovered after all of this deep soul work, you know, trying to get down to how I really felt about this person and to convey that to them so that they knew utterly where I came from. And basically, (laughs) confessing my undying love to somebody, right? And I don't know if you've ever done that to to someone that you weren't sure. To paint the picture, I hadn't seen this person in over like a year, almost a year and a half, right? In person. And I had barely talked to them in that period of time as well, right? So it sounds a little kooky and crazy, right? You can see... (laughs) You can see already how cooking crazy this is, right? It took a lot out of me to build up the courage to... I, I ended up messaging this person and confessing this, all of this to them, basically all of this. Then my uh, my undying love, essentially. And giving them, in a way, another ultimatum. Doing that again. It's like I did that again for some reason. 
and uh as if i was gonna like win him over the second time you know what i mean and <laughs> as if i just like thought hard enough i was gonna fucking somehow make it you know it's a, it's the it's the movie the secret have you ever watched the movie the secret where they give you this it's all these celebrities that get up there and be like all you have to do is think real hard and put a dollar bill on your fucking wall and then stare at it every day and boom you're gonna be a millionaire it's like no it is so not that simple but I had kind of gone down this road of thinking that I just needed to focus on what I felt was true and then just it was going to pop into being. And it's like, oh God, the audacity and ego within that is ridiculous, right? You can see all these problems within me, I hope, within me, that you'll see within yourself, I think. I don't think I'm that much. I don't think I'm so, I mean, maybe I'm that fucked up of an individual that I'm the only one that goes through this kind of stuff, but I highly doubt it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Anyway, so drum roll, right? I, I uh, confess my undying love, and I get just nothing, just crickets, right? And I, this was like a long-ass text. I get just, just crickets. And so I proceed to just kind of devolve over the, the, the next week after that, kind of driving myself crazy, causing this loop where I'm going back and forth, trying to figure out if that's a good sign or a bad sign, and then trying to, you know... It just, just this really, really unhealthy kind of focus on, on another person. And uh, it finally came to a point where it did. It, it reached a point where, you know, I broke down a little bit individually here and, and kind of realized, my, what are you doing? <laughs> like, why are you also, why are you so fixated on this one individual as if they're the one person that is going to solve your problems for you? You know what I mean? The one person that's going to solve this loneliness you feel, this inadequacy. It's like, it caused me to like ask that question. Why do you feel that way, man? Like, why do you feel like you need somebody out there to f fill a void, this void? Like, why do you feel like you need someone else? And it was like in that moment, asking myself that, that I realized that um, I don't need anybody else. I would like to have somebody else. It's kind of like wanting that comfort. Um, it's that comfort problem. It's like I, I so utterly, wholeheartedly want to find that person, that being, that thing that like com 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 completes me. But not only just like completes me, like the thing that like shares the burden of whatever this life entails. You know what I mean? Like the thing that is my, the yin to my yang. You know what I mean? I've been, that's what I want to find. And I've come to realize that I've tried to kind of project that into other people as if, you know, if I can't find it, I'm going to make sure I find it. And so I have this fear has de developed in me that I wasn't going to, I wasn't ever going to find happiness and love that I see other people find. But another th realization that I've come to is that very few people find what I'm talking about. Most people are not patient enough to find what I'm talking about. And most people pretend that they're happy instead of being actually happy. And I realized because like I said, I didn't get a text back. We were just kind of sitting there for about a week in limbo. And after that process, like I'm grateful for that week in limbo because I needed it apparently. Uh, I realized I... I don't need anybody else, man. I am enough. Like look back on this where I've come. You know, from, from the hole that I dug myself out of. And where I'm standing now. You know, in a whole new city with this podcast that's almost 45 episodes in, you know, where I have people that come here every week that listen to me and, and, and appreciate what I'm saying. You know, I have friends around me, literally my best friend uh, for my whole life lives one floor above me now. You know, it's like I, I have such a blessed life in so many different ways. And it's all because 
of the choices that I've made since I was in that dark place. And what I realized is I was starting to repeat the exact same thing, the same thing. It's this, it's this, it's, it's this trickster men, men thing. It's like this thing that wants to pull you back in. And, uh, I also realized that I had been in uh, relationships, most of my relationships and my adult and my, my life entirely, save my close family and some friends, uh, have been leeching relationships, for lack of a better way of describing it. Uh, ones in which the person that I was with took more than they gave. Uh, and I'm the type of person that um, if I like you or if I'm into you or if I see something with you, I'm going to pour my absolute whole heart into you. It can be a little possessive and, and over the top, obviously, as you've seen through this story, as I've described. Uh, it can be very perverted at its, at times, right, where it gets out of control. Uh, but I think everybody can get to that point. We just don't like to talk about that. We don't like to talk about how out of control we can be, how insecure we feel, how inadequate we feel. Um, because we're afraid that people are going to see us for who we are. Well, you know what? Like, this is who I am. I'm proud of who I am. And I hope you are too. And if you aren't, you need to figure out why you are not proud of who you are and change that shit right away because you do not need another person to make you feel that way, to make you feel adequate. Of course, you would love to find the person that would make you feel that perfect, excuse me, that perfect fit. But If those perfect fits were common, they wouldn't be special. So it requires and entails a lot of looking. It also requires that you continually keep yourself in a place where when you come across the person that would be that perfect fit, they see you for who you are. Not your ego. Not the thing you're pretending to be. Because who knows? Maybe they're at a place where that ego you're pretending to be just isn't a fit from their perspective. But what if it's not really you? What if the real you is the perfect fit? But you're playing a game. You see what I'm saying? You got to be really careful. There's every action, every cons, every, every action has a consequence, right? Every word you say, every every thought you you have, it reverberates in time and space. And I don't think there's anything that's fixed in this universe time and space it's too complicated it's so beautifully complicated it gets back to this idea of the butterfly effect like if you wanted to go back and change things in time that if even if you moved one little bit if you just clipped a butterfly's wings the reverberating effects of that could be so drastic that it could end life itself at a global scale i think there is something true in that idea there's a beauty in the complexity. I think it's the feeling that you are, it's the feeling that's inspired inside of you when you look at the night sky, when you see all of the stars, when you look down, you know, if you were in space looking down at the earth, like this, this beautiful complexity. Uh, it's like we need to be comfortable with that complexity and find our place within it, you know. Um, and for some reason, a big part of my search and my growth has been related to this person that I've been describing, this relationship that I had that was I mean, in some ways that I perverted and I, I brought into a negative space. And, you know, it's, it's a... Where I'm sitting right now, I am so utterly grateful For, the, for having that person and that experience in my life. 
Because even though, like I said, it didn't end up the way I wanted it to, and I'm not sitting here, you know, with that person as my significant other or whatever I was imagining, you know what I mean? Um, I am so much closer to figuring out what the hell I am and why I'm here. And I think we have to figure out a way like that. I think that's a good example of trying to pull out the love of every situation. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like pull, pull the positive out of it, right? So cliche. That sounds so cliche, but it's like it's deeper than that. It's like you need to figure out a way to pull out the meaning of the suffering you've had in your life so you can um, be the thing that propagates love in other people regardless of of how you are treated or regardless of what your experience in the world is you know it's like we all want to be those people that spread love regardless of what's going on around them you know that's what i want to be i hope that's what you want to be you know i want to be something that 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 moves this thing in the upward direction not downward and whenever i see whatever i see i've I've made this pact with myself and i hope you'd make this with me right here right now too is to never let yourself degrade intentionally. Don't let yourself, don't let yourself watch yourself fall apart. So many, we do this. We get so down on ourselves and so insecure and so inadequate and looking out externally for the things that are going to fulfill us that we give up on ourselves. Don't ever do that. Don't ever give up on yourself. You're the only one that can do that. I mean, you're the only one that can give up on yourself. So don't do that. And be the thing that spreads love. If you can't figure out a way to do that right now, figure out a way to get the obstacles out of the way that are blocking you from spreading the love you have inside of you. Because you do. You're that same baby, man. You were a baby too. We're all just big ass babies running around. Rogan's talked about that too. He's 100% right. There is a weird thing that you start to view. If you, if there's a clicking that can happen when you think about that, like everybody's just a big baby and then you go watch the way people act, it like shifts your perspective slightly. And you're like, oh shit, it really is just big kids. It's, we really are just surrounded by kids that are like, instead of like five years old, 75 years old. You know what I mean? We don't get, we, we don't get. We don't get greater expertise as we age in the way we like to think about it. Maybe in a very specific sense. We get better at learning the way that you can solve linear problems. That's about it. But in every other way in this modern world, we degrade as we get older. So the point of our lives, I think, is to figure out how to stop that degradation process instead and and, and find a way to get back to Find a way to get back to interacting with this world and everybody in it the way a child would, with kind of love in their eyes, with hope, with joy, with passion, you know, compassion. Speak your truth, man. And with that, guys, I know that was a lot. Uh, I know it was maybe it was a little confusing or maybe a little much for some people, but um, 
it's my truth, man. I need to speak it, right? So I, uh, I hope you enjoyed this one. I hope it helped you. Uh, and I hope you've enjoyed the episodes thus far. If you're struggling out there and you felt a lot of this weight recently and this coronavirus and the resurgence and all this stuff and prospect of going back inside and being under more restrictions has you feeling like you want to lock down your love and not spread it to other people, I'm here to tell you don't do that. We need you. We need you. We need you. We need you out there being the thing that spreads that love, that being the thing that spreads that order. We sure as shit don't need more people tearing it down, okay? So let's do this thing, right? <laughs> anyway, I'm going to get off of my soapbox and let you guys get on with your lives. So uh, <laughs> have a good and safe week. Uh, I'm probably going to be on here often uh, moving forward. So this thing's going to start pumping, all right? I will talk to you guys soon and live your best lives, okay? Bye-bye.